Episode 29 of A Beer with Sam and Peter, an episode that is just fraught with trouble so far. Fraught with troubles in what way, Sam? Uh, Well, you know how how we hadn't watched The Terminal, the Homer movie we set ourselves for the holidays? We actually did it! But we... I watched The Terminal! (laughs) We did it yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. We did it yesterday. We were supposed to record yesterday, but we like ran out of time because I'd watched like... 45 minutes of the episode, yeah. and then I was supposed to finish work and come over here and immediately start watching, and then and then we'd had enough time, and then I didn't leave work until, like, 20 past um, 4, or I was supposed to finish at 3. Yeah. You know what, It though, was a whole thing. It was kind of nice, though. I actually ended up watching The Terminal twice yesterday. In one day, which is like, always good fun. I watched it in the morning, and I thought substantially less of it the second time <laughs> I watched it with you. Maybe because I just kind of... It did not draw me in in the slightest, and I just made fun of it the whole time. Yeah, well, it's a movie that I saw, you know, around about when it came out, which was in 2004, Um, and and I enjoyed it as a kid, so I get sucked in that way. I enjoyed it. I think I did enjoy it for the same reasons I still enjoy The Terminal, and that is that it's just, it's funny. Either intentionally or unintentionally, it's it's funny. funny. It's just dumb. But anyway, we'll get get into The terminal, (laughs) Terminal. I'm Peter, he's Sam, I don't know if we said that before. This um, is our podcast. This is our podcast. It's called The Beaver Sam and Peter. Where we talk about fun things and have a homework movie and... It, there's been 28 of these things. And, and all that sort of stuff. So this yeah. week, the beer we're drinking is Stella Artois. Stella Artois. So the thing Stella is... Stella Artois light version. The thing is, guys, what we're drinking today is a beer that I probably wouldn't recommend. <laughs> well, we need a... We need a we'll try cheer, We'll try it and then I'll explain it, yeah. We'll try it's not bad. I think it tastes about the same as every light beer I've ever tasted. tasted yeah. You know? There's a thing, I mentioned this earlier, this is this is how I knew I'd, I'd chosen the wrong beer, right? I cracked the top off and immediately and I could smell it. gave it a good it, sniff. And it just, light beer has a smell to it. I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know. Well, what, smells, what's the reason for that, Peter? I don't know. Beer engineering what? man? I'm not a beer engineer. No, it's more like... Because it's lager has a particular smell rather than the sort of ales and stuff that yeah. we like to drink, which is more hoppy. Well, I think. I, I think am. is the word. So we I, should do a course. We, we should do we like should. a like a beer sommelier. We should probably figure out something. We, we should, should do like a beer sommelier course, just so we can actually be like authorities on on lagers and just so ales we can run our beer scented podcast. A little bit better. Yeah, and speaks from some sort of position of authority. It's true, but I really like I really like where we're at now, where we we're, we're at the stage of beer beer connoisseurs, where we drink the beer, go, hmm, that's all right, and then <laughs> and then we immediately look at them back and we're like, for any Ooh. sort of like wanky description, and we just read that out. Is there anything that we could read from here that will make us sound intelligent? Is it beautifully beer. crafted? Like yeah, beer is it's a premium lager beer, beer brewed and bottled in Australia. So ten cent refund at South Australia <laughs> slash Northern Territory collection depots. Now that's interesting. And that's that review of the beer in state and territory of purchase. Mm-hmm. Produced under supervision of AB InBev Belgium NV slash SA. Yeah, it's a Belgian by Pils- Lion Beer Spirits and Wine Pty Limited. It's a Belgian level Pils- seven sixty eight New York Street, Sydney. New South Wales, Australia. Best before sea bottle. If you're pregnant, do not drink. <laughs> Get the facts. Drinkwise.org. What else is on here? It's grey. It is grey. Well, I can read well, the barcode else? out to you. <laughs> yep. The barcode says 93118902492. Well, where will it end, Peter? Six. <laughs> we should have left and off the last number and as that's a teaser. <laughs> Next episode, we'll let you know the last number of the <laughs> Well, too late now. I've do read you, out the whole thing. Do you remember those um, toys? I, they would have been around the time when we scanners. were in primary school. Scanners, yeah. yeah. Where you would gra- you'd get them and you'd have a reason to go with your mum to the grocery store. You'd take these things to the grocery store. And you'd scan barcodes scan and battle them. monsters. Yeah, and... you'd scan them and like, get monsters from the different barcodes in yeah. the supermarket. 
Yeah, that was, was phenomenal. Best. It was great. Did they make Pokemon versions of those? No, but you know what? It's kind of like Pokemon Go, but like 14 years ago. Yeah. And for like small children with shittier, like shittier build quality than carrying around your yeah. $1,000 iPhone. But man, it was great. Mm. Just running around trying to scan all the bread. Yeah. This Such a fun time. That's, like, that, that's the like goal What We got given them at Christmas and we used to have a house over at Morton Island, which is like, it's a three hour journey to get there. You've got to catch two barges. It's kind of like almost middle of nowhere type conditions where you got to have all your own, you got to have a water tank and solar panels and yeah. all your own self-contained stuff. And there's like no grocery stores. It's all dirt roads. Um, perfect place for a scanner. Sand roads. Perfect place for a scanner. So we got given these at Christmas one year. Yeah. And so, and like we couldn't go, we couldn't go to the shops to scan barcodes. So we like dismantled our entire pantry trying to find like cans <laughs> and packets of pasta and, and all that kind of stuff. That's great though. But those things were fantastic. Yeah, like mum and mum and dad came downstairs and there was just like just the entire pantry but spread out all over the floor <laughs> with my brother and I like sitting in the center of it. Uh yeah, that was It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. It was a good time. Yeah. Um so the reason that I purchased this beer um is because Stella Artois the just the regular version. Yeah. The, not the Ligueur. It's um I think it's it'll be my go-to beer if I was going to a party and I was buying a case. Right. You know, I would go pick this up because it's relatively inexpensive. Um, and it's nice. It's kind of, it's not shitty. My go-to is Ted's, I reckon. Yeah. This is probably slightly more premium beer, I suppose. But mm-hmm. Ted's are always, you never go wrong with Ted's. My only worry with this is that it comes in, I think this is actually a British thing to like denote that it's alcohol, but it comes in this like... The bottle has like a paper wrapping around it. That it's like one thing, and it wraps around the entire top of the bottle, mm. right? So it wraps around like the top of the the bottle cap as well. So when you take it off, you tear off a little ring of paper. And I just feel like somewhere, somehow, I'm choking a bunch of sea turtles to death with paper. I don't know. It's that kind of litter thing. I've been, you know, you 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 go to school. You've been no, taught Sam, that. that's with like ring. Old rings from beer cans. Some beautiful natural creature is dying because I'm purchasing these beers. It's paper, Sam. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's it takes no force to pull apart. It's paper. It's like when you, it's like, <laughs> it's like if you were to buy a bag of Tic Tacs, but every Tic Tac was individually wrapped. You just feel bad. About That's it. true, I suppose, but it's also just fucking paper. Could so you imagine it's not, if it's Tic not the same thing came individually wrapped? That would be just the height of inconvenience. It'd actually be kind of great, you know. I'd feel kind of special every time I'm unwrapping a tic tac. They should maybe do like individually wrapped tic tacs for like businesses and stuff. I think they so should they can do have it. them out like Mentos. I think they should do it like a portion. You know what? We'll patent this and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> patent for someone else's brand. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll call them Tic Tac sleeves or something. We'll sell oh them individually. Oh my god! You have to buy the Tic Tacs, and then you come to us to purchase the sleeves. We can have like Pez dispensers except for Tic Tacs. Oh yeah, now we'll that will that will rip off two brands. <laughs> <laughs> two for the price of one. Yeah, two lawsuits for the price of one. <laughs> oh. Anyway, anyway, uh, it's been somewhat of a significant week this week. Not for. For you and I, really, but for just, I suppose, the world in general. There was a terrorist attack in Australia, in Melbourne. There was like a person who drove through a crowded street. Yeah. And then Donald Trump, (laughs) the uh, small hands crazy man. uh, (laughs) If you're not aware of who Donald Trump is. (laughs) He got sworn in as president of America. And also, coincidentally, on the same day... Uh, House of Cards released all the promo material for their new season. <laughs> House of Cards, I think, essentially sort of offering up a better solution. Just, yeah, just, hire just Frank the, friend, the friendly and more effective alternative. Yeah, Frank Underwood. Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood um, for president. A murderer, psychopath, still probably a better pick for you as president. You never know. Donald Trump could be a murderer, psychopath. That's true. He's, then- ri- he's rich enough that he could be just one of those rich people that goes on, like, safari... But it's hunting the most dangerous game, which is humans. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. Uh. <laughs> anyway, that's the world today. The world, <laughs> Our new segment, the, the world, world today. today. Uh, life in the world. Yeah, uh, but life for us. We, so we finally watched the terminal. So yeah. let's, for God's yeah. sake, let's to, talk to about it. To get back around to that. 
Some some of our viewers have di- had diligently watched the homework movie in December and have been waiting for us to talk about it since then. So well, let's just get it out of the way. Well, I tried my best. Yeah. Oh, I didn't succeed. Actually, you know, a little tiny little nice uh, tidbit to this episode is that you will be, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, This is that's also the day that we recorded it. It's going to come out the, that's, the same day. I think that has happened before. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that sort of thing happening before, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure for one of our like review special ones where we got free tickets to a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if you're looking for them, they're... they're Kind of. I was listening to one earlier and we, we sort of had to... It was the first one we did, the one for Civil War. Mm. And we got to see it early. We were so determined, like, oh, we need to talk about this now. We can't record this and release it later. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Um, because we only got to see it, like, midnight the night, the yeah. day before it came out. And I was excited. I, I stand by uh, our review. I think I think it was kind of nice. It was that entertaining. Is a great, that is a great movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's just too bad that it sounds like a vacuum cleaner is going on in the background of that episode. Really? Yeah. I went back and listened to it. It's just it's just not the same. Although, I think it's just... I don't know. Something... Some sort of editing process didn't happen there. Hmm. So, it, it doesn't sound quite up to our exacting standards. Yes, our, the the beer with Sam and Peter to give approval. It's the benchmark. The gold star. Yeah. What, what would beer you, biscuits, what, they come to if, us. If we have to have like a beer with Sam and Peter endorsement logo thing, what do you reckon it should be? Should it be like a like a tick of approval or no, a gold it, star no. or just like a big picture of my face smiling and doing a thumbs up? <laughs> just your face. Yeah. Uh, or a hideous face morph, face morph thing that you can get. You know, have you seen those? Yes, of actually. Both of us? Actually, where... Oh, a face morph thing. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk... You it like about puts, it. it puts features of like my face s- on your face, but not in a good way. <laughs> so like, it's just like your eyebrows like it, on top of my yeah, eyebrows. Like a, is it like a Star we Trek alien kind of way? Just like my nose in the middle of my face, but then your nose is just kind of like... <laughs> uh, you know what? That, that, that doesn't happen, eye. but the cheekbones, it tends to not recognize cheekbones, so you usually get like four sets of them. <laughs> Uh, and you end up looking like a Star Trek alien, pretty much. We could have that as our, t- our tick of approval. The Star Trek alien? Yep. Your beard, my hair. <laughs> Just a hideous abomination. Uh, um, that'd be weird. You, you know the... Uh, I, I don't know if we can do this. We can do this. Just talk about like a different brand. But uh, you know yeah. the uh, Retin Link symbol? They, no. It's like a... Because their haircuts are so unique. It's like a silhouette of both of them mm. facing outwards from each other, like their two heads facing outwards. Yeah, and so you, you know you can see the beard and the pointy hair of Rhett. Pay me a word, and the sort of mop haircut on Link, and the right. glasses, and you yep. just know it's them. We could do that, except no one knows who we are, so it's just like two, <laughs> two, just two dudes. It, actually, you know what? Actually, sometimes if I if, if my hair was how it usually was, maybe ours would just look like a, a poor rip off version of Retin Links. I mean, we could totally do that. Peter has a beard. I used to have mop like hair. You could grow it out again, Sam. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. Never, never. doing it again. Never. Yeah. Have you got orders from the old girlfriend, or or just you've decided you're you're past that point no, no in your orders. life where you can have just you know what? long I, hair i think i facebook stalked myself for the first time and saw a lot of pictures of myself and thought that's a fucking stupid haircut did you see the one of you where, where it was your profile picture for maybe like mm, two or three years where it's you in like your wonka hat oh and... uh, uh, yeah yeah i was in a willy well i put that up i mean i've seen that photo that's a pretty funny photo yeah but also the eyes up guardian is also very funny yeah, I mean, we're all talking about this, but you probably can't see my Facebook page. I can put it up on the page. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody can see it. Uh, where would you put it up, Peter? Uh, Facebook.com slash Reviva Sam and Peter. Oh, good. <laughs> anyway. Now that we've wanged on without talking about anything for 16 minutes, uh, The Terminal. For the God's terminal. sake, let's talk about The Terminal because it's been in the making for a long time. Our chat's about it has. So, The Terminal is a movie made in 2004. Just um, to get off on another tangent. Oh, for God's no, sake. No, no, no. I'm kidding. That was a joke. You want to go? Was a goof. You want to go? You want to go? Go now. Do your thing. Oh. No, Upset ter- our audience. <laughs> Even more. I'm ready. No, no. The Terminal, for those who don't know. They've, all, they've already left anyway. Oh, good. Well, um, let's just stop the podcast. <laughs> it's all coming crashing down. Who would have thought The Terminal would be our undoing? You know, you know what my motto is? My motto is, you know, like, if we just stay this close to rock bottom, <laughs> we can't fall very far. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what we're doing. Uh, no, but The Terminal is a uh, Steven Spielberg movie. It was made in 2004. Um, and it stars Tom Hanks as Victor Noworski. Yep. Noworski, something Nivorsky. like that. Um, who is from a place called Krakosia, which is just like a token made up uh, Eastern European country. It's like a Ukraine, Russia, like Crimea type. That kind of area. Yeah. Um, just like horrible... <laughs> Horrible wintry. It looks like it, it, it's it's in some sort of like civil war. Eastern, yeah, Eastern European, yeah, Russian and, equivalent. Um, I think his acting's pretty good in this, actually. On, on a side note, but his, you know his what? acting is very Tom Hanks. Yeah, very Tom Hanks, which means good, I think. Yeah, but Tom Hanks stars uh, Victor Dvorsky, who uh, travels to New York for a completely ridiculous reason, as it turns out, which tra- we will get into. Momentarily. Yeah, he travels to New York, um, but whilst he's in the air, his country, his country's civil war boils over uh, to the point where his country is no longer Krakosia. There's like a military coup. It's a military coup, coup and they just like sort of Rhodesia. Um, yeah, it's, there's like a military it coup. It ceases being that country. And the UN and America no, yeah, it, like yeah. no longer recognize them as a country, which makes all his documents, like his passport and stuff, invalid. Yeah, but they also can't take him in. Yeah, so, which means that he can't enter America. Or leave. But also, he can't leave because he doesn't have a passport. Yep. He so can't be deported. He is stuck inside the terminal. Um, and it's pretty... The movie is pretty much his... Nine or ten months living in the terminal. Yeah. Um, as a lovable, semi-slow, I think, Krakosian man, who just seems to get by by saying... He just... So, yes. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in this movie as the sort of weak source love interest. Yeah. And I'll give it to you. I like this movie, but Catherine Zeta-Jones' character never quite fit for me. She just... She, just the she's most just character paper-thin love interest. Who talks about herself constantly... Never like, listens to like a, a word he says. Like he, tries, he tries to fucking oh, yeah. tell her See, that's funny, that he though. lives in the that's fucking funny. airport and she just kind of like talks in, over him. airport. And then she gets outraged when she <laughs> finds out that he lives in the airport, but he told her like 10 times, fuck off, Cat Regina Jones. <laughs> You're a terrible character. Yeah, well, actually, I think parts of like her character is meant to be a bad person, like an annoying person who is self-centered. Who she's she's a flight she's a flight attendant, which is why he keeps running into her. Um, who is sleeping around basically? She's sleeping with a married man. She's hopeless. She'll go out with anyone. Uh, Victor manages to essentially talk her into sleeping with him by saying random English <laughs> words, which is which is great. Just like, there you go, there you go, there you go. And then uh, sometime later, they're having sex. You know who? I don't know what happened. (laughs) Victor doesn't know what happened. Yeah. It's just, well, you know what? They're having implied sex. I I think. I thought they just kissed and and that was that. It was a wholesome family movie. I thought that's what sex was, Peter. Oh. Is there more to it than that? We need to sit down. (laughs) Offline, we'll have a talk. Uh, Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) No, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is undoubtedly annoying. What I will say for the movie is that um, semi-intentionally, semi-unintentionally, it is hilarious to watch, especially with a friend. I don't don't think it is, though. I think it's just... You know, we cackled cackled insanely for... for We we did, but that that was more... Because of kind of how bad it was, oh, it is, I, I, it's kind like, of it's one of those movies. It's one of those sort of like almost. Fa- it's not a family comedy, I don't think, but it's almost in that sort of vein of hmm. when we reviewed Mrs. Doubtfire. Of yeah. if you just talk shit about how stupid and ridiculous the movie is, <laughs> you can make it funny for yourself. Yeah. So Victor, Victor's walking around with this um, can of peanuts, which has clearly got not got peanuts in it. And what we're all thinking the whole time is that it's like the ashes of a dead relative. Right, that's why he's here. That's why he's so determined to get into New York. But that, that's why he is willing to live in the fucking airport for nine months and have his friend, his nice Indian and cleaner almost, friend, almost arrested starve. for assaulting a police officer and going to jail in India for seven years, all for this cause. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Gupta. Gupta. Ah, oh, fucking Gupta. Love Gupta. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh. 
So, Victor's father once saw a photograph of a bunch of jazz musicians. And he thought, that's, there's my life goal. So, I love jazz. So he... I'm infested with the spirit of jazz. Wanted to get all the signatures from all the men in that jazz photo. And so he wrote to them. And they all sent signatures back except one man who lives in New York. And so Victor's, this is the, Victor is carrying a box of signatures, a peanut box full of signatures, to New York to get the last one signed for his father. Which is a Who's, pretty who, who wholesome, wholesome thing. But also... Kind of a little bit of a weak thing for him to be sacrificing nine months of his life and seven years of his friend's life. And just a whole lot of shit just to get this extra signature. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Um, I actually, so despite all this, I would recommend watching this movie. I, I think it's really funny to watch whether it's one. I think maybe don't watch it by yourself because sort of how I watched it was because I had like no time and it got to like Thursday and I was like, oh shit, I yeah. haven't, I haven't watched the homework movie. That's the so, other thing about, about I, but I'm doing something tonight. So I'll, uh, while I'm cooking dinner, I'll watch it. And I only got like 45 in the minutes way through yeah. watching it by myself and I didn't laugh once. And then I brought it over like and watched the end of it with you after you'd already watched the whole thing today mm. um, and we just talked shit about it the whole time and that was really fun that was a good experience yeah it's definitely a good movie to talk shit about with your friends um, a few things to mention a few other actors we haven't mentioned uh, I, I found went, went and found this guy's name because I really like this actor um, in everything that he does almost I think he's a, I think he's a great actor Stanley Tukey or Tukey Tucci something like that the the evil villain Yes, he plays... It's just like cartoon villain level terrible. There are some some great moments in this movie, though. Like with him, he's he's actually fairly good at his job, right? His whole point is that he doesn't want Victor to leave because it's illegal for him to do so. He's like head of the customs office at the airport. And he he becomes increasingly like a supervillain. Yeah, it's like he he doesn't want Victor to leave. Like... By law, he can't let Victor leave because of all blah, blah, blah. Right, but he doesn't want Victor there. But it kind of looks bad to have this guy just kind of living in their airport to have this guy slip through the cracks. So what he wants to do is have Victor get arrested or something. Yeah, to make it someone else's problem. Find out, come up with a creative solution Mm. to palm this off onto someone else so he can just get back (laughs) to to running his airport and being just a bit of an arsehole for no reason He's about to be promoted. Because he's... You know what, Pete? He's actually following the law, okay? Yeah. That's what a customs officer should do. And he's also very good at picking out people. Like, he finds this guy. Who, like, I'm he, sorry, he's actually good at this, this job. With this drug smuggler. As, as just a side note, when all the board is there to assess his progress to see whether he's going to get promoted. Yeah, he takes a bit of a side pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like he's like walking around the airport. We have a border security Australia where he like walks over to the guy, this guy who's got like a this very seedy dude. He's got a bag of walnuts. He's been back from like Amsterdam or something. Yeah, and he goes, of course that happens in these kind of. And he's like, who the walnuts for? My mother-in-law is like, mind if I try one? And begins to smash them open, and all of them have heroin in. <laughs> if you're gonna smuggle heroin, just as a side note, in a bag full of walnuts for your mother-in-law, you put a bit. You of put like, heroin in a couple of walnuts, <laughs> not every, every single walnut. walnut. <laughs> you roll the dice. Also, how do they even do that? That's pretty impressive when you think about it. To get that's true. To get heroin in in a in, walnut shell, heroin in a plastic bag in a walnut. That's like three layers of protection. I'm actually quite impressed now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how he thought he could get away with it. Because he was like, oh, look at this. I've done some like fucking 3D printing in 2004. I've done some like Peter from the Hunger Games painting on the walnut. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What a man. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. so this guy, this guy, obviously, this guy's attempt at uh, getting promoted obviously fails because of Tom Hanks' shenanigans. I don't understand. They're from Krakosia. They're from... They're... All these drugs that you have for your father are actually for a goat. Goat. It's goat. You'll understand if you watch the movie. But, uh, and so he, he fails to get promoted because he, he, uh, his, his, his plans are thwarted by... No, he doesn't fail though. He no, does get he, eventually Eventually, promoted. but his plans are thwart, thwarted by Victor. So in response, uh, this guy thinks it's a good idea. He grabs Victor by the neck and basically, uh, like, holds him down in this, this photocopier and talks about how, 
Uh, he'll if he goes to war with him, he goes to war with America, and now he'll work out why his ship won a country. He holds it down on the photocopier while the photocopier just is on, is on for yeah, some reason, like, and photocopying his handprint, which then becomes like a symbol makes, of hope, makes Victor into like a folk hero for the fucking airport for Burger King for Burger King, and they hang up like. It's a photocopy, movie, like guys. really bad black and white photocopies of his handprint as like a f- symbol of their yeah. dedication to fucking Victor. But to get to this whole this whole thing, this 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 whole thing transpires. The board watches him like degrade this man, and his jolly this guy's jolly boss who's leaving. That's why he's getting looking promoted. Like has a talk to him about how you know what, you know what in this in in our line of work, customs security at an airport. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta just wave the law and go with your gut, you know? It's not about the law, it's about the people. It's about the fucking law of almost any job you want that in the guy, world. You want that Customs guy like, is where you do not wave the fucking law. You don't go, is, oh, it's just a little bit of, of uh, heroin. Ah, that, does that look like a bomb? Oh, don't worry about it. You look like a, you look like a nice fella. Just a tiny amount of traces of explosives. Yeah. Oh dear, there's the there's the the best part of this movie for me. I, I was when there's this there's, there's a scene where Victor and his gang of three mates, who are these guys that like work at the airport and have decided to help him. Um, his three his three mates basically developed this Rue Goldberg dating machine. Yeah. Where. I guess because like it's, I a, guess it's Victor, a romantic comedy as well. And yeah, Victor's Victor wants like, to meet Catherine Zeta Jones at. At the terminal that she's coming from, she's been away for a couple of weeks, and he's all set. He buys this suit and everything, uh, this Hugo Boss shirt uh, suit, Peter, because, because product placement. <laughs> product placement. We're in an airport. We can try and just shove the entire movie full of product placement. Yeah. Um. She, so instead of just standing there in front of the terminal, Catherine like Zeta a, Jones, like a regular person, Catherine Zeta Jones walks out. She goes for the first for like the main way to get to exit the terminal and and like this guy's mate is here he, what does he do he parks he like yeah the, the parks his car his little go-kart there he's like you know those the airport like yeah yeah and it, parks his car, sorry man can't go this way she's like okay goes the next way and there's Gupta and he's like mopping the floor no it, wet it's wet so he she just goes the other way he's he's <laughs> no no, no, no. And then, and then she goes, okay. And she like walks over to the far corner near the seats. And then the big security guard, Victor's friend drives like a, a larger cart towards her <laughs> and just stops just short, pushing her onto Victor's lap in this ridiculous set of circumstances that was just not necessary at all, at all, Peter. <laughs> But it's still kind of hilarious. It was still kind of hilarious, yeah. And then they go on a date. Oh, yeah. In they... this weird, like, somehow they just completely throw all logic of this is an this is actually an airport. Just They just throw that all out of the, out, out the window and he just has a room set up as a restaurant for some reason. Yeah, with, with, with all the wait staff just being... Those, those people three that almost killed <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, and Gupta does some, uh, some like, ring juggling... Yeah, and then and when, and then when he drops plates. when he drops that he just like goes ah fuck it. He's, <laughs> up. Uh, He's great, old crotchety man. They're always funny. Old crotchety, old, old crotchety, crotchety janitors. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what? You can go see this movie. You, you, you can't. I'm not the boss of you. It's a fifty-fifty on this one. Look, it's definitely not really one that I would. It's not the Godfather. You don't no, need to say it. No, it's not. It's not a. Um, must see by any stretch but, but if you, it's if kind you of fun someone, that if yeah. you're sort of like us and like to just sort of talk shit about stupid movies or even movies that kind of are meant to be a bit more serious but you just think are yeah are dumb which this movie completely is look i like mrs doubtfire um, but but it is it's so just dumb. funny to just point out how ridiculously dumb it yeah, is. yeah yeah when when you like very much enjoy breaking the um just shattering the illusion for yourself and, <laughs> and just making fun of the sort of world and universe that a movie is trying to build. Yeah. Uh, it's good for that. It's yeah. good good to watch with mates and just tear apart. Fucking Rube Goldberg. Because I think I don't even think it has really much of a good message at the end. Because uh, uh, yeah. it's like the movie ends with 
Finally, they let him out of the airport, and he goes and gets the signature. And like he, they let him out of the airport, and it's this big triumphant moment. And the movie could have ended there, but oh, then for yeah. like ten minutes, there's an extra thirteen minutes of that. Movie. There's like an extra thirteen minutes where it shows him going to get the signature, and he gets the signature, and there's like two minute, like a two minute long jazz solo for no reason, <laughs> and then he gets back in a cab and goes back to the fucking airport yeah, like, oh, take and me goes home, home. Take me home now. Also, it's worth noting that Gupta. Uh, leads a like yeah, charge. Yeah, in order for him to even be able to do this, Gupta like who sacrifices a police himself. officer in India. Yeah, Gupta who like the reason he's in America, he's like an illegal immigrant. He's running away from the police in India. Yeah, if he goes um, back to India, he'll go to jail for like seven years. Yeah, and um, and he sacrifices himself by running onto the fucking tarmac with a mop, with a mop, and charging and, like, a plane, charging a plane. And it's just the entire time you go, Gupta, no, don't do it, Gupta. Because you think the plane's going to run over him, which yeah. incidentally I think probably would have been a more hilarious <laughs> and a uh, slightly more yeah, hilarious the and most hilarious far ending, darker ending, turn the most, for the movie to take. Uh, the, best, the best ending for that scene would be Gupta charge the plane, have it stop like that. And then afterwards in the movie, like, the SWAT team arrives with automatic rifles pointed at Gupta, like, oh, get off the tire back, and he drops them off. He's like, oh, my love. And it would have been great for them to just be like, he's got a weapon! <laughs> just, just, fire. just like in a dramatic death scene, they just like <laughs> fill yeah. him full it's of like blade. Platoon. He's like, oh, <laughs> there's, a woman, there's a woman singing some sort of weird gladiator opera thing. It's, oh, oh, Gupta. <laughs> Just like in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Just like, boom, slow motion, black boom, and white. Boom, yeah. boom, and falls over. <laughs> but yeah, Gupta sacrifices himself and they let him go. For it, yeah. And then, and then good old Victor comes right back. Yeah. Yep. An interesting tie into this movie is that uh, I've been recently rewatching House because it's all on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, which is a show that I loved. I watched it as a kid. I once in. In, in year seven, we had to do, we were doing this film, we did this little film aside, and I became a, a hoity-toity uh, director. Um, How did you speak? For a couple of weeks. I don't know. I just sort of, I got very into it. Like, I was casting people. I was being harsh on my actresses. I was doing it all. It was, it was great fun. Um, but I chose to, I wrote a comedy sketch based on House. Um, was it that House is just CSI, but medicine no so they uh in my look look okay first of all i, I was I've 11 seen, i've seen one episode of house which is the first episode because i was like oh yeah oh, people really? like house people, people say house is pretty good i might have seen an episode here or there house people say house time. is pretty good great i show. should maybe try and watch it and, and see what all the fuss is about i watched the first episode and it's just like fucking csi procedural like cop show, but it's in a hospital. Why? And well, because it's like, oh, well, there's a big, great mystery. We don't know what's going on. And then right at the end, House steps in. He's like, well, actually, you see, blah blah blah. Steps in, saves the day, and then we're all happy. And have you, have you, I just didn't like that. Have you watched a medical show before? Because it's a fucking yeah. medical show. Oh, really? I've <laughs> only, CSI I've show. Only, I've only watched Scrubs. This definitely doesn't count as a medical show. I think House is a pretty actually scru- I- like Scrubs is considered one of the more realistic medical shows, despite the fact that it's like ridiculous. ridiculous. House is um, House is a great show. I will concede that actually episode one, I was thinking of getting uh, lit into House, and I was definitely going to skip episode one. Okay, it's a pilot. It really it's can't it it has all the hallmarks of a pilot. It's worse. Um, but in my eleven year old version of House. Uh, which was called uh, Hotel. Oh, good. You see how clever I was there? With Dr. Catch instead of Dr. Chase. Dr. Camera instead of Dr. Cameron. And for some reason... Oh, and Dr. Forearm instead of Dr. Foreman. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Forearm. Hi, I'm I'm Francis Forearm. And uh, Eric Forearm. Eric Forearm. And... uh, Doctor Hotel, and they had to. There, there was there was a some sort of uh, lights. There was a tiny like like uh, what was it? There was like a, some sort of fragment of stick still embedded in this guy's leg from a previous injury, 
and fragment of stick. And so, look, I was eleven. <laughs> so how about you just fuck off? And and so we had a scene where uh, Doctor Hotel hacked off the patient's leg, and then they come in and find out that it's the wrong leg because Doctor Doctor Catch who. The chase is always the stupid, most stupid one. Stupid Aussie, Aussie doctor. Uh, you know, picked the wrong one. He like looked at it in a mirror. So they removed the wrong leg, and we're like, "Oh no, silly Doctor Catch!" And that was the that was my that was my little thirty minute clip. Thirty <laughs> minutes. I saw it from I saw it on CD somewhere. Oh my god, we need to find that. You know what? It was it was it was actually quite good. It was quite good production. I had like a girl. Work, like who was just like meant to be production for us um you had like a whole and proper... I, picked, I i see see what i did as well i wrote the whole thing so that uh there was uh there was a uh a lot of scenes with dr camera who's the female doctor yeah um and that's just essentially because i could cast the prettiest girl in the school so that's what i did it was great. I got to spend all that time with her. Um, Did you get to hold hands, Sam? I know I didn't. I was just the director. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had this fantastic trick where we were going to saw off this guy's leg. This is, this is amazing production. I don't even give a shit if you're not listening anymore. This is important for me. <laughs> um, uh, so we had my friend Rowan lie on these two desks. And the desk was pulled out a little bit in like the middle. So there was a gap and his leg went through the desk, right? One of his legs, he bent his leg through the desk and then we painted his knee like all red and gory. It looked kind of, kind of okay. <laughs> so, so what is just like, he's, he's lying down on the desk. So you have like the saw out, like over the shoulder. So I got, I got, I got my, I got my friends to hunch over him while he was like hacking his leg off. <laughs> so that you couldn't quite see it and then he sort of like ah, ah and then sort of sl- slipped his leg because there's no anesthetic in this yeah oh yeah hotel oh well, this is not a hotel man this is a raw show <laughs> I was getting on the gritty bandwagon um yeah I'm gonna find that somewhere if I find it somewhere I'll, I'll never release it but I'll show you I would love to see that but it's great the, the connection hilarious. is that the the very scary billionaire who owns the hospital in house yeah in season one is Chai, uh, you know what? I found his name somewhere because it's just a, it's a, it's a fantastic name. Chai McBride is his name. Yeah, and he plays uh, the big janitor guy in. Oh, really? Who's Victor's friend? Oh. So there you go. Fancy that. And Zoe Saldana, who's in Avatar. Oh yeah. And in who was Guardians and Galaxy. She has a small part where she. Develops Where? a relationship with a man she never meets. <laughs> Victor uses broken English to try and tease to, to random ask. facts about her out. And then eventually he turns up with a wedding ring and says, he's waiting for you. And she just turns up and says yes. And then they get married in the terminal. And in, she- in one of those things that only happens in movies that they think it's a great idea that none of these people have their any life, friends. Their life only exists. Yeah. In the um, yeah, in the airport. Like as soon as they leave the airport, they just s- cease to exist, and yeah. then they pop back into existence every day at nine o'clock when they start their shift. Essentially, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So they have no friends or family. It's just all the <laughs> random airport workers who and they and they don't have like a car and they're wedding they they're, they're wedding getaway do, car. They're just like just married type thing. They do it on cart. like the food golf cart. Uh, what a film. Anyway, thing. anyway, let's let's terminal. talk about something else. My God, we need to pick a better homework movie next time. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about a show that um, I've recently started watching. It's a series of unfortunate events. Uh, television series it's just came out on Netflix. Yeah, the first season's there, and it covers the first uh, four books. Oh yeah, have um, you watched the whole thing? No, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I, I'm getting there. It's um. It's, it's like a mini-series type thing, right? So there's four books, eight episodes. Uh, each episode's like an hour and a bit long, and it's... 
It, oh, really? It's like a Hornblower. You know, you, have you ever seen Hornblower? No. You know, like the old English miniseries type things where every episode is kind of like a movie? Sherlock, which every episode is an hour and a half. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and it's I'm finding it really interesting. Uh, it's going to be... My prediction is that it's going to be a very polarizing show. Especially for the people who haven't read the books. This is a show that is meant for almost only the people that read the books which is weird considering those books came out like 10 years ago yeah um the the show itself in terms of like the, how it's made it's, it's it's quite interesting as well um the beginning is 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 beautiful it's like lines straight out of the book um lemony snicket's there in the show um he's played by it's, Kronk he's played by Kronk yeah it's done very well in in, in the show Patrick Warburton is that his name it's essentially I don't know I can't remember his name Kronk. Um, Kronk. Yeah, Kronk. <laughs> he should change his name from Kronk. Emperor's New Kronk. <laughs> um, oh, I love that movie. But the show is basically, it's like a play, um, is how I would describe it. It's definitely not like a standard TV show, right? It's not like a, it's not like you're following a, a real-time narrative. Right. It's like a play, you know, where you see the most important scenes that happen in a story. And... Each scene is connected by uh, Lemony Snicket, who's like either there in the background of the scene and invisible, or or has his own scene where he's explaining, you know, his uh, his arduous and and terrible burden of of having to chron- chronicle this chronicle story. the the boat wares. Um, and he, he plays he, he does a great job, and so the, so it starts off with him setting the scene exactly like the first page of the book. He He's there in the dark, lights his lights his match, you know, lights the cigar, and you know, begins to you know describe how like this is not a happy story. Unlike unlike uh, I am burdened to tell this story as I feel like it is my duty, but it is not your duty to watch it. And I highly encourage you to go and watch a different show right now. Um, and have you tried out House of Cards? Yeah, he does that. <laughs> he does that, and then he blows out the cigarette. And you can see him sort of awkwardly waiting in the in the half light <laughs> for a little bit, and then he lights it again. Right, so and you know, like begins telling yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, I think people the reason people might have a problem with this, um, the way that the show is made is is it, so it's very much like a play, right? It's the the foreground is like a Netflix original series production level kind of thing, mm. right? The background of all these scenes is a green screen. It's like very clearly a green screen. So anything that's not in the in the in the foreground is is sort of like done with a level, a sort of like cat in the hat level of of detail. Right. But, um, it it's very much like a play. So it very you much know, has I, I like be, its own sort of like a pretty unique sort of style. Yeah, I would be. I would. I would not be surprised if I was watching a scene and 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 you know Sunny and Klaus and Violet. Like started like oh we'll go to the beach and started walking in this direction and like the scene rolled instead of that <laughs> that kind of thing yeah um, but I really enjoy it and it it's definitely written for someone who's read the books because if the whole thing feels like a it feels like a caricature of the books um, so each character is more ridiculous than in the book mm. and there are a bunch of scenes where it just it feels just unmistakably like some sort of like in joke have you got up to the leeches. No, how, how do they do the leeches? I haven't. I haven't gone off to the leeches, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. That was a big question for everyone. I think when they saw that, that he was playing Ken Olaf. Um, and he does a great job. He has a different take on Ken Olaf than Jim Carrey did. Um, and it's he's he's more like Ken Olaf in the books. You know, Ken Olaf in the books, apart from being evil, has this delusion that he's a grand thespian, and, <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris really really plays to that. He is a really funny, really evil person. And I don't think you really get to see that many of those that that many characters like that. Um, it like 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 to have like people can be really funny and really bad people. Um, so he'll make he'll he'll make some jokes, but I think like the showrunners do a really good job of of making sure reminding you if he makes a joke that he, oh he's also terrible. Um, yeah, well, I think he's I think he's he, he's great. It, it's it's just that it. It would be kind of weird if you hadn't read the books, I mm. think, to watch this. There's also a couple of twists thrown in, especially at the start. Um, that are no- different from the books. Yeah, nothing that's 
yet, uh, nothing yet that's that's actually different to the books, but a lot of timeline stuff is sort of muddled up. For instance, if you watch if you're watching the start, the little teaser that I got is that you see the credits for everyone, and there's also two quite well known actors that are credited that aren't weren't advertised like weren't part of the advertisement at all. Um, one of them's Kobe Smulders, um, and the other one is from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, and the Avengers. Yeah, the one is also is more famous than ever. But I can't remember their name right now. Um, so we'll see, you see how that goes. You just spoiled it for everybody. I know. Maybe I'll cut it out. I'm not sure. I think you probably should. I'll cut out that spoiler, but yeah. there was a spoiler. Kobe Smulders is in it as somebody. It's pretty great. There was a spoiler. Shh. shh. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Um, but that's all right. That's. That's my take on it. I'd like to see what you think of it. You, you yeah, read the books yeah, as well. I, right? I read the books. I don't really remember what happens in them. Yeah. Um, I kind of like remember vague things and I remember the characters and that sort of thing. But Well, I really think it could go 50-50 with you. I mean, that's not saying that much because I feel like at least 75 to 80% of the shows that you've ever watched, you thought of were bad. <laughs> but, um, that's not true. Uh... <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Um, but I'm interested to see what you think of it. I really, I've been enjoying it, but it is a very interesting kind of way to, yeah, well, to do a show. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Maybe once I've finished watching Mad Men. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a go. Get on the Mad Men. Yeah. We're both watching old shows right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, Series of Unfortunate Events is brand new. Oh, I was thinking more of House. Oh. I've been watching House, you've been yeah. watching Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty much been me. I did promise a whole Actors Who Don't Deserve This Shit episode one. Uh, segment, but um, I'm I'm going down the rabbit hole, people. I'm going down the Hayden Christensen rabbit hole. It is fascinating. I'm like watching his like really early work. I'm like reading gossip magazines about what happened to him after he left the film industry. I, I'm gonna have Did something. He leave for you. the film industry. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Peter. He actually. You know right, what? Give us a give us a preview because I so think we'll, we I might feeling, have this be our whole episode next week. I was feeling quite bad about Hayden Christensen, like. At, by the end of where I was at with this whole thing. Yeah. Basically, I kind of established for myself that Steven Spielberg is a completely shitty director. That, I mean, not Steven Spielberg, that uh, George Lucas is, should not be in nowhere near a directing kind of role. Mm. That he is essentially responsible for episodes one, two, and three, like the bad stuff that happened, including the acting. If you watch some of the extended scenes, like the, the, some of the extra scenes of him giving Hayden Christensen or Natalie Portman or any, anybody like that direction, especially in the love scenes. He he has hand-tailored that to be terrible, to be just awful. Um, I, and, and having watched Hayden Christensen's earlier work, he's a fine actor. He was pretty, you know, it looked like he was doing all right. Yeah. Um, so where I was at at that point was thinking like, oh man, that's, I feel really bad for him that I didn't get to see anything more of him. I don't feel bad for him anymore because he didn't even notice. As soon as he finished Star Wars, Hayden Christensen decided that um, this is before he realized that everyone actually hated him. He just assumed that this would be great for his career. That he didn't want anything handed to him on a plate. He'd experienced the sort of big thrills of it. He got married um, and uh, to an actress. Uh, and he decided to support her and her work. He bought a big farm somewhere. Um, and basically now he lives on that farm looking after their daughter and uh, making them completely self-sustainable. He raises their own food. He does the... He, like, what gets the a, get, he grows all their vegetables and all that sort of stuff. You know, completely off the grid kind of thing. That's wow. what he does. He felt nothing. He felt no backlash from Star Wars. Because he never tried again. It's not like he tried and he, failed. He did he make did some a few move. things afterwards, um, for for like for for money, and before he'd really he decided to be to leave this behind. So he he did jumper. He did a few other things. I liked jumper, and he just left at the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I kind of That's fascinating. So guy. weird. Yeah, that is so fascinating. It's interesting. Whereas I think the story for the guy who played Kira Anakin is a bit more dark. Oh, yeah. Which we should maybe do a bit of research oh, yeah. on and report back about. But that is so weird. Yeah. Huh. It's kind of neat. I feel better about uh, Bad Mouth and Christmas because I know that it didn't really affect him too much. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I'm sure he made plenty of money from those movies. Yeah, it's always an interesting thing well, when an one, actor leaves the acting one would, industry. One you know? would hope that he made plenty of money from those movies. Yeah. Um. But yes, I think. I mean, that, yeah, that's do, pretty much all no, I've no, been no. doing, other than playing more of the forest, getting getting the the willies scared out of me, and um, that's been really fun. I play. I got into Hearthstone a little bit more. Oh yeah, what are you? What deck are you playing at the moment? Um. I'm on a very long arena run at the moment. Before then, uh, I've been playing mainly uh, either Arena Lock yeah. or Dragon Priest. So nothing too ridiculous. Yeah. I've been... oh, actually, I've been playing a lot of uh, Druid as well. A lot of Combo Druid. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not not like Jade Druid? No, not it's not really Jade Druid. I run a few Jade spells, but only for the, for the, for the spells there. So I have Arcane Golems. I have two Gadgetan Auctioneers. Yep. Um, a bunch of weird stuff like that. It seems yeah, to work quite that's well. That's cool. I've, I've been playing a bit of Evolve Shaman, although I haven't really played all that much in the past sort of week and a bit. Not Pirate Shaman? Not Pirate Shaman, no. I've been <laughs> playing Evolve Shaman because it's got this really cool... I, I've always really liked that deck, like when it first came out, the Darwin Shaman. Yeah. Um, And I've been playing... There's a really cool combo with the new cards that got released, which is um using Doppelgangster and Evolve. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good turn six, six mana combo. To get three six sixes yep. for six mana, um, and it uses like new Nerubian profit and stuff like that. Okay. Um, which this this chat will be completely <laughs> inaccessible for anybody else, but yeah, just that's, a, that's yeah, what it I've been playing a bit of. But yeah, I've been watching a bit of um, been watching a bit of the cricket actually because there's been a one day series against Pakistan on, yeah. and I watched the Heat lose by one fucking run last night. Um, been watching Mad Men, yeah. Recently got in, back into playing a bit more WoW because the new raid came out. Yeah. I, I think we've both been working a lot too. Which yeah. is probably the reason that, that we don't have too much to talk about this week. Yeah. But next week we'll have a new homework movie, which we will tell you about right now. <laughs> so the yeah. homework movie we're going to watch this week is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. A which is universally supposed to you know, well-received movie that neither of us have seen. Yeah, it stars so, Jim Carrey yeah. in a... Non-comedic role, I think. So, oh, very much so, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna watch that. Yeah. Um, that's all we've got time for. Uh, <laughs> we'll, see <you> ne- <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yeah, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Peter, Peter. Oh, or Instagram. AB with SP um, for SoundCloud. Instagram and SoundCloud and stuff. We're on yeah. SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Rate review, all that garbage. I don't know. We've had a fun time recording, Jesus, but it's falling, time to go. You're falling apart. I'm yeah. falling apart. Um, yeah. Well, I had a lovely time recording this, and maybe sometime on the podcast we'll actually drink Stella Artois without the light part of that. Maybe, maybe we will. Yeah. Stay tuned. But yeah, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I feel it. like we should have a sign-off thing that we say. You know? Kiss your dad straight on the lips. Like the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The... Um, the fantastic McElroy brothers, after my brother, my brother, and me say, "Kiss your dad's square on the lips." Just something ridiculous. Yeah. If you want to tell us what that is, just like comment down below, and we know we'll try them out. You comment something, and we'll just say it at the yeah. end of the episode, and we'll see. Get how it goes. out of here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tearing me apart. <laughs> we, anyway. We've been a bit of Sam and Peter. You're tearing me apart. <laughs>